1: Howdy, folks. Happy Friday. Thank God it's Friday. We have lots of stuff that's going to be starting to happen today. Uh, The buyout window opened up. Nobody was on waiver, so there was no immediate news. But I think with the cap not going up too much, we're going to see, I don't know about a slew, but I think a number of buyouts, and that'll be very interesting maybe we'll go through some of those later on the later in the show uh, kevin will be joining us in a second
2: but as always we'll start with the pre show go ahead russ so today's the day we could wave goodbye to the oakland a's and it's it's and in a way it's sad they do have a pretty good fan base they do and they just could never come to an agreement with the city there's still arguments between baseball and the uh and the mayor of oakland and you're never going to get to the bottom of it um i did see something really dumb by they were having a um basically a protest at the stadium so the stadium was pretty full and manfred was saying like it's good to see the stadium full and
1: yeah what what a jacket I mean, it was a reverse boycott which i didn't understand the concept all you're doing you know, going, okay, go there and express your displeasure at the fact that o- that Oakland is, that the, the team's no longer going to be there. But all you're doing with a boycott and going to the game is putting money in the coffers of the owners who are moving the team.
2: Yeah, but it's just, it's, it's a way for the fans to kind of say goodbye because they're not going to show up next year. No. Um That's well, for
1: I was, sure. I was just going to say, if you want to do an effective boycott Nobody go into the stadium, and thirty thousand people be outside the stadium protesting. That yeah, you
2: could really- do that. Yeah. Here's here's the quote that Manfred said. Um, it was great. It's great to see what is this year almost an average major league baseball crowd in the facility for one night. That's a great thing. Like he just really doesn't get it, and he doesn't get the vitriol that's that's thrown at him, and he doesn't get that. Um, You've just shunned a fan base with multiple championships, a couple of the greatest teams of all time, really, of all time. I watched those teams. I, I remember them intently. And
1: you watched, the um, you, you watched the Philadelphia A's with Jimmy Fox and those guys?
2: Yeah, that's who I watched. Um, and that's the other shame of it all. Like Jimmy Fox, he'll never, ever have a chance now to ever get his number retired. I was hoping to get it retired through them, but once he goes to Vegas, it's over. Like that's well, they're that never going to do it
1: this is the thing that they're likely going to keep the name a's athletic. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you never know down the line, maybe that ownership group will honor. Like, I, I don't like, I've never been to that stadium. So I don't know if, if they honor like the greats of the Philadelphia A's, like lefty Grove or Al Simmons or Jimmy Fox or, you know, no, I mean
2: the only retired numbers recently were like Reggie and hint Ricky Henderson, who they yeah. named the stadium after, um and you know so that's going away which doesn't bother me by the way just on the side note Um,
1: keep on breaking yeah
2: but the thing is what really gets me here is it'll probably go the way of the um of the nationals where at the beginning for many years they didn't even recognize the expo's records and then they decided okay we'll put them in there i think they're going to do the same baloney in vegas
1: it's very possible. And I like they, they may want to carve out their own niche. And if they do that, then, you know, okay. Yeah, that's what
2: the nationals thought they were doing too. And then they realized, okay, maybe we're not carving out our niche. Maybe we should actually honor guys like Gary Carter and Rusty stop for, you know, being in the organization. And they did, but it took years. And even I remember I was at the hall of fame where they said they don't recognize there was a little stand up for, um, in one of the showcases that said the nationals don't recognize, and I have a picture of it, don't recognize the expos records, which now they do. But I don't know what's going to happen with this team. And I just think it's bad. And and this is again, I, you know, I, I know some people in Vegas, and at first they were thinking, oh, this is gonna be an easy sellout. and they're like, you know, I thought about what you said. And and they said, you know, we are they love they love the Golden Knights. That's their team. And and they love UNLV, they do. Other than that, though, the, the Raiders are not well loved well, in, but, in but Vegas. They're not. Well, they sell out because they just, they're a football team.
1: And it's eight games a year. And right. you can, and it's a destination city. So you get, right. like, if the Bills are playing in Vegas, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Bills fans are going to fly to Vegas to go see them. So that's, but, they're going to make my, money there all the time.
2: But my cousin, who's a real estate agent there, thought about it overnight and said, it is going to be hard to sell 80 games. Uh, a year in Vegas. That's going to be a challenge. The Tuesday, Wednesday night games are not going to be sellouts. So just well, not.
1: I, that's why, Kev. I think that's why they're building a thirty-five thousand seat seat stadium in Vegas rather than. 50, yeah, I,
3: I mean, where do you draw thirty-five plus every night? You you don't. You know, where Detroit's a great baseball town, and um, they don't. You know, they don't draw thirty-five thousand.
2: No, but you figure a new place is supposed to not. You know. Really? Existing. Yeah, I mean, you're
3: right, but yeah, I
2: don't
1: know that. Now, now, I'll say this, and I don't know the plans of the stadium. I don't know if they have a mock-up yet. If it doesn't have a retractable dome, you're going to have people dying of heat stroke. It's going to be like Texas. So they be- it better be a retractable dome. Well,
2: there's a, there's a question as to where it's actually going to end up. I know they there were going to be at the property of where the Tropicana is, and then they looked at another piece of land. I still think it's up in the air, but I do think they said it was going to be a retractable. I'm pretty sure of that.
1: Okay. That makes sense. Because then, like I said, people will be dying. Um, just yeah. this little thing, because, um, you know, I like, uh, you know, I like uh, watching like new series on online on Apple or Netflix or whatever. If it's a good one, if it's a clever uh, premise, I'll, I'll give it a chance. And uh, A couple friends friends. Um, recommended a show and i believe it's a, a, an apple show called for all mankind and the premise is the russians landed on the moon first instead of the instead of the us Uh and, and the now i've only watched like 10 minutes of it but it and, and like i said i'll give it i'll give it a couple episodes just to, just to see but i I don't, I, Kev. It's like I'm all for like, you know, inventive ideas for some of these shows, but sort of the alternate history thing, like The Man in the High Castle, where that the, was good, yeah. where the Nazis, went. yeah, I mean, it, 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 but it can, good. it can run out after a year or two. Whereas I like, I like a series that lasts longer and that, you know, you can get involved. Yeah. In
3: yeah. No, I, 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 I didn't know about that one. And I'm usually up on Apple. Apple does great programs. Um, they do and um you know they have a lot of really good ones Uh, you know i'd be interested in that i would probably get it one of the things that i'm sure once i start a show i usually finish it i don't bail um so i will um you know if i get into it uh you know quickly but you know those are always kind of uh you know fun although i will say when i was a kid i did not like what if comic books did not like them whatsoever okay you know know, because it it always was you know they fool you with some cover that you know yeah. looks like it's real and then you read it and it's, it's you know it's a what if and you're going you know don't take me away from my series to do some you know because you don't have a good idea that week <laughs> <Right>. know, so
2: <laughs> I, I will say this mike harkens back to the days of barnaby jones and the equalizer where they would just be on tv for 10 years just because they didn't have another spot on tv not because the show oh. was any good first yeah. of all first yeah. of all the
1: equalizer was only on for four and it was great. Oh. Barnaby Jones, Buddy Epson was basically like Joe Biden. He was senile.
0: Oh,
2: uh,
1: to... so, but hey, yeah, you gave me the opening, so I had to take it. No. but Not really. No, there a, no I, I don't think I
2: gave you that opening, just to be fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: But but, uh, but uh, um, there's another series called Platonic with Seth Rogen. Yeah, that's
2: pretty good. It's. It, I would say this um we're splitting my house my wife stopped watching it um if you like seth rogan you'll like it if you're not sure about seth rogan you'll probably hate it
1: yeah and now now russ from before we start russ is going to see the flash today and all i know is i see the previews and i worked in a movie theater for 10 years so i know movies some of the movies they put all the good scenes in the previews just to suck people in to go to the movie yeah
3: most movies they do that yeah yeah
1: but 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 a lot of them they they just they touch on it they show something and they drag you in and then it's actually good and this one it actually looks like you know okay they gave you a little bit of ben affleck they gave you a little bit of uh michael shannon as general zod and a lot of michael keaton and i think a lot of people are going to go see it to see michael keaton as batman
2: yeah that's part of the reason i'm seeing it i mean I was part of like one of those panels where Ezra Miller was in it like four years ago when the flash movie was close to coming out, then the pandemic hit, then he was in jail and all kinds of stuff happened. And now they're finally putting it out. It looks really good, but there's one thing um, that has people like, again, people now get very picky. So there's some scenes in the flash where they're blurry. But again, the, the producer had to come out and say, those are conceptual scenes because the flash is running so fast. You're looking through the eyes of the flash and no, 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 but that's real. Like people, people don't like get that. Like this guy's running at supersonic speed. Not everything's going to be a hundred percent clear. If you're watching it through his eyes,
1: right? He's running as fast as I am. So,
2: okay. Let's start. Like you don't even walk fast. I don't even walk period. No, I mean, actually we should bring this up. So (laughs) we were we're talking about the draft, um, Kevin, how the draft is going to be in Vegas and they say it's going to yes right we think it's going to be in vegas and so i'm thinking i'm going to probably get my hotel that i got the last time because it's right across from t-mobile and then we could walk down the strip and then mike is like we're not walking anywhere
1: well no okay we're i'm talking about we're not walking anywhere for nashville it's like i i love uber and this is this is the thing okay Russ Russell think this is an excuse, but it's you know, I'm a type two diabetic and I have neuropathy. So if we're you know walking long distances. It starts to hurt my feet. I'm sorry, but but I'm I'm lazy. I'll, I'll pay for the damn Uber. I don't care.
2: But we're talking about the Vegas Strip where stuff isn't that far away. And Mike is like, we are not even considering walking like walking have, is not a consideration. We
1: a friggin trolley going down the strip. I'm taking advantage of it, Russ.
2: You would take a rickshaw with a <laughs> 90-year-old man. No, would you wouldn't. Yeah.
3: You you couldn't hang with my wife. My no. Wife. She just walks and walks. She and walks. would walk
2: him into the ground.
3: Yeah. We I told you know, when we went to uh, Europe the last time when we were done, according to her Fitbit, we walked almost 60 miles. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so,
1: you know. she, she would have been walking around the lake last year, Kev, while I, I would be on the boat.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, she, yes. She's a walker and uh, we all go. You know, you know, we did the Civil War battlefield last week. I uh, went on a little mini vacation with our 5-year-old grandson. We're going to take our grandkids one at a time on little mini vacations and the Civil War battlefield, uh, you know, he had to walk 2 miles. He's 5 years old and uh, That's yeah, awesome.
1: Which one he did you did go it.
3: To? So, he did what, it. Yeah. Which
1: one did you go to?
3: Perryville, which is the largest battlefield in Kentucky, you know, I've obviously been to all the major ones. The, the only hard one, in my opinion, is Vicksburg, because you generally go, at least it's my experience, You do I do Civil War battlefields on the way to somewhere else. You know, like I'm planning to go here, so, you know, Antietam's not that far, I'll go to Antietam. But the problem is Vicks, Vicksville, where I wanted to go, Vicksburg, where I wanted to go, it was never on the way to anywhere. You know, because it's Mississippi and you're not usually going by Mississippi to get somewhere. So I actually had to make a special trip to go to that one. everyone else, that has been on my...
2: Yeah, I mean, I went to Gettysburg. The only thing I drew a line at was going on the ghost tour. I'm like, no, 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 no. I... I, I I went looked at the battlefield. We did everything. I I love yeah. Gettysburg, but I'm like I am not going on a ghost tour. I'm not I doing know. it.
1: I, I went to Gettysburg years ago, and I'd love to go. I'd love to go again. Yeah,
3: this,
2: they, they, on a, preferably on a rickshaw. Well, like sadly they, they, enough, they, they, we bike rode through the through the park, so we could actually stop they, and look at the things, and then keep biking, and we bike rode through a lot of it.
3: Well, the uh, the driving tour of Gettysburg is actually um, you know it's good. You know, yeah. they have all the stops and, um, yep. you know, they have the audio in your car and it's yep. really inexpensive relatively speaking. It is. I remember my great my fond memories of the Gettysburg is my son at the time was like 10 and we walked Pickett's charge oh, and yes. we were about three quarters across the, uh, open field uh, as t- marching toward the, you know, the, the grove of trees where the batteries was concentrated and my son just kind of stopped and looked at me He goes this is insane yeah the <laughs> they just walked across this field you know <laughs> in single file lines where you know
1: at that at that point when I when I went they had the observation towers where the where the confederate troops would have been but they didn't allow people to walk on the on the ground i don't know if it, i think they did that for the movie gettysburg they allowed the reenactors to to do it but yeah i'm looking at this it's uphill it's almost a mile it's open I mean, you know, it, it it was absolute insanity to expect those. I mean, it, it was a suicide mission. That's yeah, basically. we
2: walked on some of the open stuff. There's there's a lot more open field at Gettysburg than you realize. They can't block it all off. That's the whole thing.
3: Right. Yeah, yeah. The, it is blocked off, but there are spots you can walk. But, you know, you really get a sense of the – You do. You feel it. Like, you can yeah. feel it. Yeah.
1: yeah. All right, let's get started here. Hello, Hockey World. Today is Friday, June 16th, 2023. Okay.
2: I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. I just put out my final list, uh, my mock, not my, mock, my, my, sorry, my final list of rankings on Sportsology.com.
3: I'm Kevin Allen, and I'm uh, we're starting our uh, mock draft. We're going to get people to vote for their teams that they cover, oh. and I'm going to get Russ Cohen to vote for a couple that we don't have. Oh. Players in, so.
1: And I'm Michael Ajello, and this is the Hockey Buzzcast here at HockeyBuzz.com. Okay, so we didn't have a show yesterday, so – some news to catch up on, and some news that seems to be current. We'll start with the New Jersey Devils. The news yesterday was the signing of Jesper Bratt to an eight-year deal uh, for sixty-three million dollars, seven point eight seven five million AAV. Uh, let's start with that, Kev. I mean, I mean, there'd been a lot of talk about Bratt about you know them going to arbitration, then maybe oh you know if they were going to sign Timo Meyer, then trading them. They get get a deal done. It's less than the uh, amount that Jack Hughes is making, so good work by Tom Fitzgerald here.
3: Yeah, I mean, he was – essentially, I talked to another GM about that deal, and he just said he thought it was exactly where you would have expected it to come in. Um, You know, he's not – I mean, Hughes is the franchise guy, and he had to come in under that, but Brad has been productive. He's got good comparable numbers. Um, So, you know, it was – probably uh inevitable that that's where it was going to end up
2: i my only problem with the deal is i don't like his playoff performance and i was like you know i can't go in for eight years for this guy now because i could really get stung here i know he's had 273 point seasons but i also have to look at the jack hughes effect and i have to as a gm say can this guy drive stuff on his own if he has to like if hughes is out i'm not sure he can and so i wouldn't have given him eight years And that the price is very high for me, but hey, you know, he's a he's Hughes is a guy that likes him and the speed's great. But like I said, I I would have liked to have seen more out of him in the playoffs. It wasn't great.
3: Yeah, Yeah, I I covered a politician one time that said, you know, they don't pay people because they're good. They pay them uh, to make decisions when you're in management. And I. You know, they had to make a decision, and this is their guess uh, that he's going to be fine. I know, but
2: he had one goal and you know six points in the twelve playoff games. That's yeah, not good.
3: but I mean, you know, it's a pretty small sample size. So you're going to say he's not a you know good playoff player because he had one bad. Playoff? I'm not saying
2: he's not a good. Well, actually, he's had two playoffs. He only played in one game. He didn't score a net. But no, I'm not ready to say that. But what I'm ready to say is hold hold the fort here. Why am I giving him eight years? Well,
3: it just. You know, because I don't think they could have gotten him on a bridge deal. So,
2: right. Well, I don't know. I think they. I think they should have tried because I don't know if, who's giving him seven years on the open market. I don't know if anybody was.
1: Well, I think
3: he would. I mean,
2: well, he he would have hit the the open market
3: next
1: summer, uh, right. when a lot more money would have been out there in the market. So he might have been able to get seven years.
2: Mm, to- I think it's a reach, though. I think. Oh. I let's just say this. I don't think it would be a big lineup of teams ready oh. to do it.
1: But I, okay, I think there's reason to be skeptical simply because he's a smaller player. He's a very good player, very good skilled player, but he's a smaller player. And, you know, you already have a committed long-term to a guy like Hughes, who's immensely talented, but you know, you, you don't want, I think this playoff proof, you don't want want too many small players. And now, you know, your core group is he who's a very good two way center. Uh, Hughes is dynamic offensively, and now Brat and and Dougie Hamilton is signed long term too. So um, that that's the only the only hesitancy I had in that in that deal. I think the the value the AAV is fine, but the term and you know if he starts to drop off speed wise in a couple years, then he's a smaller player, and smaller players have difficulty when they lose a step. Now the report that came out today, Kev is that uh timo meyer who they elected to go to arbitration with um they're talking to him his agent claude lemieux and tom fitzgerald are discussing a contract it sounds like it is uh on the pathway of them getting a deal done um the question is how much is it going to cost and he meyer wants to stay there and they want him so it sounds like a deal will get done it's just a question of how much it'll be
3: yeah, and uh, you know, what, where are they at in years on that too? So, uh, right. it's going to be interesting to see where it is. I would assume it'll be in the eight million dollar range. So,
2: yeah, they're just not going to pay him more than Hughes. They're not right. Well, and he's twenty six years old, so they they could go
1: eight on him. That that would extend it to age thirty four. But yeah, I mean, I would think it's going to have to be in the same neighborhood, and then then you're getting Russ, then you're getting to okay. Hughes at eight, Brat at seven, eight, seven, five, he Shear at seven and a quarter, presumably Meyer somewhere in there. Then you got 34, 30, you know, 34, $35 million on four forwards. Now yeah, going up. That's not bad, but right now that's an issue.
2: Yeah. I mean, they're getting into like the modern version of the Islanders problem uh, down the line if things don't work out because you know they were all five million now these guys will be all eight million so i yeah i again timo meyer while i like him i'm not giving him eight years there's no way i'd let him walk i'd let him walk before i give him eight years but i qualify him for this year and use him for the playoffs this year but there's no way i'm giving him eight especially
3: yeah i don't think you can say that um this is why i mean the doubles have to turn the corner i mean they've got to get going and get moving and you know this they look like they're in good shape so you want to keep this group together
2: um, well they're in good shape like the argument can be what did timo meyer really add to their playoffs last year it wasn't anything
3: nothing but again i mean i don't i don't you know does meyer look like we never saw tyler bertuzzi play in the nhl playoffs but people looked at him and said you know he should be good in the playoffs right and he was now yes. timo meyer the way he plays he should be good in the playoffs. Now he wasn't, but you know, one, one season I like, I don't think that's in, you know, that you can say, well, you know, he's not a playoff player you know, he just wasn't this season. So.
2: No, no, but the idea is okay. So you can see what's going to happen here. He's going to get his eight years and a no move. And if the devils don't win in two or three years, they're going to start looking at these contracts and be like, we're in trouble. Right. And this is how you stay out of trouble is, you kind of have to gauge the market on meyer and again i don't know if anybody's giving them seven but i'm willing to risk it rather than me giving them eight
1: i'll tell you where the where the problem is going to be because you know right now on defense they have dougie hamilton they have Siegenthaler, and they have marino all locked up for four or more years so that that for that in terms of stability that's good they have nevich starting his elc he's probably going to play with them next year luke hughes has got two more years and they're both on entry level at less than a million bucks you can basically kiss ryan graves goodbye because i i
0: don't
1: don't think they can spend the money and guys like Serengovich and other forwards i don't know if they're going to be able to afford them but the problem is when those defensemen when nemich and when hughes come up for new deals then you're going to have to have to make some hard decisions. You might have to buy out a or you might have to trade Meyer to open up the cap space because we know that defense and especially these guys were top picks. They're going to have to spend money to keep them.
3: So, yeah, but they'll be close to the end of those other contracts then, right?
1: Closer. I mean, I mean, there'll be one year away of from he sheer. Uh, but you'd want to keep them you'd only be 28 years old palat's 32 right now i mean they could they could they may have to buy out a after two more years
3: so, Or they'll move them
1: or they'll move them yeah
3: yeah i mean you know i i just think you you do in this in this world that we now live in you, you've gotta just accept the fact that you know you, you, you can't just not pay guys or you're gonna end up with a mediocre team like, you got to well, pick your guys and then, you know, hope for the best and, you know, see what happens. But, like, Myers, you know, has shown in the regular season he's a really effective player.
2: Right. He when plays play. a heavy game. If I'm – buying, you know, and, again, if you're telling me I'm buying eight years and I'll be happy if I get six, how many of those six is he going to be at the top of his game? Like, I can't. My whole problem right now is because eight years is available, I can't just dole out eight years because of you're saying like it's the inevitable. I don't believe that. Well,
3: I mean, we're not doing it for everybody. We're talking about it, about players that are really good players. I mean, Brat and Meyer, in my estimation, are in their top four or five players on their team.
1: Yes, but, um, but so,
3: and you got to pay those guys. I mean, what team doesn't have four or five guys that they're paying a lot of money to They all do.
2: Yeah, but they, they all do, but not everybody's for eight years. That's no, my thing.
1: And the, the trend the trend that began to be set last year. And don't get me wrong, I think uh, Nukushkin is an excellent player, but Colorado gave him eight years. The Tampa Bay gave Nick Paul eight years, in their defense. Why? Because they wanted to spread the AAV out. But the thing is, I mean, down the line, I mean, when 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 the when it, when it, it the you know the Piper calls. On those contracts, you know, I mean, Tampa Bay and Colorado, I mean, they're, they're going to, you know, they'll say, we'll worry about that in four or five years, but you have to think about that. You have to think well, about the,
3: that. the average salary though, I mean, they're going to be average salary players at the end of those contracts for Paul. What's Paul's number?
1: Uh, he was in the threes. I think it was three. Right.
3: Yeah. Well, at the end of eight years, you know, the average salary is going to be $5 million. So he's going to be a below average salary player.
1: Yeah, so, he was Paul was three point one.
3: Yeah. I mean I
1: Sergachev at eight and a half, Cernak at five point two. You know, I mean Yeah, yeah.
3: Well Cernak will be, you know, an average um salary player too, I think, by that that time as well. I mean
2: Yeah, he'll be an average salary for for his position. I
3: and then Paul will be below average, and you know, and, and they, they've got a lot of guys up at the top making big money. Um,
1: and what they're going to gamble on is guys like Hedman and Stamkos signing for less to stay and to stay with the team. Yeah, and,
3: and I, I think that's highly likely. Yeah. Um, you look at it. I mean, there is kind of a model for this, the Joe Thornton model. Yeah. Um, where you know at the end of your career, you're you're going to be you know Stamkos would be a a forever Lightning player you know, you keep them around, you signs for, you know, look at Bergeron in Boston, it's another example, right? you know, so.
2: I mean, but here's the thing though. So even though the window's small, like with Meyer, he had 14 points in 21 games in the regular season for the Devils. We're forgetting about the sharks because with the sharks, he had unlimited amounts of ice time and possibilities and everything. And then four points in, in 11 games in the playoffs. So neither of those were good and they're still going to reward him with an eight year deal, hoping, that he goes to the forty goals again with the Sharks, but now you are hoping.
3: Yeah, but they're, you've seen enough of Meyer to know that he's that player. Well, maybe,
2: maybe, maybe the whole change, maybe the change in the East is not going to be good for him. Like you have to look at some warning signs and say, oh, okay, we still like him, but maybe we should pump the brakes on the years. We'll give him his money. Yeah. But well, maybe, you know,
3: I, I'm sure they're trying, and who knows? Maybe they, maybe they will. Maybe he yeah. doesn't want the years. I mean, we don't know. We're just guessing. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, like. In the perfect world, would you always want to take the guy for less years? I think so, but
2: on unless- uh, most guys. But like if it's Jack Hughes, yes, of course you sign him for the eight years because right. you're figuring by year five it's a bargain. I'm not thinking that about Timo Meyer.
1: Yeah, I mean, with, with a guy, and I was going to talk about Austin Matthews next because uh, LA Friedman came out with some info on on Matthews. I mean, obviously the Leafs would love to get him for eight years, but his representation and he see the opportunity to get a shorter term deal and then hit it big at age 31 or 32 and have one more big deal that seems to be what uh you know the direction that things are going um uh, brad for living went to arizona and talked to him last week uh they seem to be on the same page they seem to be working toward a new deal but kev it, I, I would be dumbfounded if it's eight years. I think it's probably going to end up being four or five, and I think the Leafs will take it. They'll take as much as they can get uh, from Matthews. But, but, you know, he's going to be the highest paid player in the league, and some Leaf fans will be unhappy because they didn't get the max deal out of them.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, that's because he didn't want it. You know, I mean, you know, he's at an elite level. Like, you know, I, I just said the Devils guys we're talking about are in their top four or five players. Well, Matthews is in the top four or five players in the game right. so you know uh, he's in a different position and he knows that there's you know you got to have some confidence in your ability and he obviously does so right you know and he's still going to be set for life like if he gets 14 million o- over five um you know now he's looking at uh, 70 million dollars you know he's set for life right. um so you know that's not a real big gamble for him it's a gamble because you know, you got to feel confident that you're going to be the same player in five years.
1: It's yeah, amazing. and the, and and the Toronto organization has been really good to Matthews. I mean, they've treated him well. I mean, I, I think most organizations would treat a player of his caliber well. Um, but you know, there have been others in other areas and other teams that have not. Um, but he seems the he seems to want to be able. Uh, russ to finish the job in toronto to win a championship he's motivated to do that which maybe means tail take you know a little bit less to to make that to make that possible but i think he's gonna he's gonna be the highest paid player in the league
2: whenever that new contract is is for at least a year yeah <laughs> you know? right exactly exactly. but yeah on. no i agree i i think we should the chat room wants us to move on i think we should get to the to the hockey hall of fame stuff i what you i don't know what you think but
3: yeah, okay. I, I want to talk about the Coyotes again too, but not for very long. So
2: okay, <laughs> well, let's go
1: with the let's go with the Hall of Fame first,
3: right?
2: Yeah, yeah. So Hockey Hall of Fame, they're gonna s- select everybody, announce everybody on Wednesday. Uh, from the list that I see, and Kev, you could tell me, if, you know, I'm not looking at the right list or whatever. I mean, Henrik Lundqvist is should be a slam dunk, but we know how goalies are. The three goalies that people are pointing at are Henrik Lundqvist, Jimmy Howard, and Corey Crawford. And I would think there's no way in hell that the Hockey Hall of Fame puts three goalies in at once. Jim like Howard. They're not doing that.
3: No.
1: Jim Howard.
2: I know. I'm just saying they're the names on the list, Mike. I'm just giving them a little bit of credit. That's all. No, no. Um, I mean,
1: those are the guys who are first-year eligibles. But, yeah, uh,
2: they're first-year eligible, but Lundquist does seem like he's the only guy.
1: Corey Crawford, to me, Kev, is going to fall into that Mike Vernon, Tom Barrasso, uh, Chris Osgood, two Stanley Cup winners. But – won't, won't get in maybe he will but i i don't know what, what yeah I don't,
3: do? I don't think he's going to get in but there are people out there that are making the same case for crawford that people in detroit make for Osgood. Right. Um like he's a cusp guy um you know you can point to the periods of he had where he lifted that team up uh during its um it, you know uh, uh his time with the team and they were winning um, so, you know, you're going to be able to make that case. But I don't see that happening. I, one of the important aspects about um, Hall of Fame selection that is always lost on not only um, um, uh, fans, but on members of the media, too. They always look at it in terms of, you know, did he do enough to get in the Hall of Fame? But they never look at it to what the reality of is, is, which not only do you got to have that standard, but you got to compete you got to compete against that group that's coming up right oh, and, and that's un- what i was
2: trying to point out on the chat room i wouldn't put jimmy howard in i'm just telling you lundquist is going up against these other two guys they are his well, peers
3: lundquist is going up against that entire group which includes forwards so yeah you, they don't separate it out you know they don't say well no," but boy, they should They there's, should.
1: Not a, there's not a quarter
2: for goalies
1: no
3: no so he's up against whoever else is up well
2: but, it's Jay Bo meester Justin Williams, I mean, Alexander Steen, Dan Hanmuse, Ron Hainsey, they, they don't have a shot, but those other two, they're pretty good names.
1: I mean, Justin Williams won three Stanley Cups, but I look at his stats. Yeah,
3: and, you know, Alex McGillney will be up again. McGillney's always – sure. I would put him in. He's always a good
2: discussion guy. If the Chook, obviously.
3: Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of guys. And, you know, this is like – to me, this seems like a year – and let me go back to what I said because I, I've used this example before and people tell me that, that it brings it home. And Now, this obviously has never happened. But the point I'm trying to make is if um, uh, Wayne Gretzky and Mary Lemieux and Bobby Orr came up to the Hall of Fame at the same time that Al McGinnis came up, Al McGinnis is not getting in. Right. right? And, and th- you know, that's what you got to remember, that it's not just how – well you played and whether you had those numbers and when you're hall of fame worthy it's who's up at the same time you are so McGinnis eventually would get in but he's not getting in then. like mark why why do you think it took mark howe all those years to get in he had hall of fame numbers he had a hall of fame presence but there were a lot of great guys that were coming up that you know he just wasn't quite as good as those guys so
2: yeah, yeah, I mean the only slam dunk to me is Lundqvist. Maybe uh, Boehmester
3: is the other slam dunk, but I wouldn't yeah, put him. So. I, I don't
1: think Boehmester is a slam dunk at all.
3: I don't either. Me neither. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think I've I've said that I thought this was a year that McGilney would have a, a shot. Wow. He, he should get in.
2: I would put McGilney in me too. in this group, and but there's room for another guy if you don't think. I mean, Boehmester had 1,240 games. It's well, a lot of games on defense. I, I know,
1: but, but I, I don't think he's going to get in. And it, he may have to wait a few years. No, I mean, okay, guys like like McGillney, who's been waiting a while. Uh, you know, I know Rod Brindamore had 1,184 points. Um, I don't know about Vinny Domfus; He's got the most points, I believe, of anybody who's not. Nobody
2: there. ever looked at him as a Hall of Famer, right, though.
1: He's more of, a, he's more of a compiler. I get that. Uh, you know, Peter Bondra with 503 goals.
2: Yeah, Bondra as a goal scorer is an all timer. I think everybody would say he was a true, you know, threat on the ice as a goal scorer. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would put him Bondra before Moore. I know people are going to be up in arms in Philly, but but Bonjour yeah. made his made his presence known as a goal scorer. Moore was a really good player, but that's it. He was a really good player.
3: Yeah, I mean, and we don't look at five hundred goals the way we used to. No, Kachuk, Ronick Verbeek, yeah, they yeah. all have five hundred goals yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so five hundred just doesn't mean as much as it as it used to.
1: And I will renew. I will renew my my assertion that Curtis Joseph should be in the Hall of Fame. Well, he's
3: not getting in with with
2: against Lundquist, I could no, tell no, you that two goalies in one year. Usually. Two goalies. They're just not going to do it.
1: And and uh, and right, exactly. And and you'll you'll have and they seem to and. I, I know that uh, they they say there's no quota, but they seem to let in one uh, female candidate each year and one European candidate each year. Jen Bottrell or Megan Duggan probably will be
2: one of those two. Will I be, would say Bottrell over Duggan for now.
1: Yeah, and, and I have no idea in terms of uh, in terms oh. of the you know, Russian or Finnish or whatever. Um, so you know whoever whoever they decide to uh, to.
2: Here's the other list, though, just for Bo even though you're saying no, two World Cup titles, a Stanley Cup title, an Olympic gold, and two World Championship titles. I mean, he he has been on a lot of successful teams, and he was a reason that those teams were successful, too. I'm just
1: saying that he's probably – I would be stunned if he doesn't have to wait a couple years.
2: Yeah, I mean, he might have to wait, but he's better than Dick Duff, I can tell you that. Well –
3: yeah, you're not allowed to make that. They, you'd get oh, in. no. I'm allowed. I don't care. You get in the and they, they say Russ. You know, we don't, we don't do that. I
2: know. I know.
3: Yeah, but you, you love to do it, and fans. I do. It. Fans love to do it. Yeah, <laughs> all based on who got in before. So, yeah.
2: So. No, I know. If I was on the panel, I get it. You're not allowed, but I'm not on the panel, so I am allowed.
3: <laughs> yeah. all no, that's right. And and to be honest, that's how fans look at. I mean, yes. Yeah. You know, but. Uh, um. It's it's a lot harder when you're actually in there trying to oh, sort sure. it all out because you know you're you're splitting so many hairs like you know it comes down to like like trophies really matter all star selections because everybody's got jewelry of some kind and right. they all got impressive resumes so you're looking for like because they're competing against these other guys. What's the advantage? And then you look down, and one guy has made nine all star postseason all star teams, and you're going, Oh, all right. You know, and then the other guys have only made like two or three. So, um, that those kind of things always matter. But it's it's a lot harder than you think. That oh, little, I think
2: it's hard. I don't think it's easy. It's...
3: Yeah. It's a little, a lot more hard than, you know, four guys sitting around drinking beer saying, Wow, he's so much better than him, you know, so. Um, but it is, it is difficult.
1: All right. So, um, you wanted to talk about Arizona. Coyotes.
3: Yeah, I, I did. I just, I talked to someone today who's aware of what's happening, uh, and at, at the league level. And, um, he, he thinks that a couple of things have happened. Number one, the, the Suns uh, deal is the Suns owner would like to own the coyotes if they're going to be involved, um. And uh he but he wants to buy it at the bargain rate, you know, mm-hmm. based on you know what they paid for and all that and not based on what you know the senators are going for and all that. So and that's
1: not gonna happen. And that's
3: not gonna happen. There's another parcel of land. And uh so Uh, that's what i uh, I mean just just uh, where's this land kev oh no don't know
2: tucson Tucson, that's where it
1: is well i
3: i believe it's in in phoenix yeah
2: i I saw something online there's a parcel land in phoenix too and that's great but like you know the fact that there's no deal for it the fact that the you have to see if it could be developed the fact that it hasn't been utilized in all these years for anything no environmental study they got like four months to do it good luck
3: yeah. No, no. I'm done. Well, I'm done. Yeah. I mean, uh, this guy thought it was going to delay it. So, um, but
1: I, I, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised by yeah. that. That doesn't shock me at all. I yeah. think the league looks like a joke doing it, but they're going to do it because it's a big TV. Mar- I mean, they strung this along for 15 years because it's a top 10 tv market i understand the
2: reason why their big problem the league's big problem is going to be if they let this string out like six months and all of a sudden it doesn't look good and then they can't do anything about the buildings because what kevin said the last time then all of a sudden it's going to get really bad
3: no that that, yeah i mean that it'll be because that's what will happen if you don't you know and it takes uh um i actually talked to, to a guy today who said you know that i was wrong that you know the the contracts are he said we've got contracts that are year year out um so he said you know it's it's never easy to do that and he said the other thing is too it takes he said it takes months to put together um uh staffs right um, he said it's because because I, I said if i remember last time i had i told him i said doesn't it take like two months to put together uh Season ticket sales staff and all. That. He goes, oh no. He goes, it could take you three or four months. He said, you got to try to find people who know what they're doing. Right, yeah. uh, and it, he says, you know, you got to put it on the the websites and all that. It just, he said, it just takes time um to do it. And so he said, so if they, you know, let this thing go, they could go so far as to, you know, make. um Although, you know, some of these places. Uh, are, are busier than others like some of these arenas that we're talking right. about like i would assume salt lakes not nearly as busy as some of the no
2: they have one no ten- i agree
1: they have yeah. one tenant no but they have concerts so. yeah whatever concerts they, they might yeah.
3: have yeah they do so um yeah so. yeah
1: it's, yeah I, I well i mean is there has there
3: been any buyouts today
1: no the no, no it's on waivers so uh, nobody on the first day, but I'm glad you brought No, But
2: Olsen was dealt to uh, Colorado right. for future considerations instead of buying him out.
1: Right.
3: Yeah.
1: Which, I mean, it's a little surprising. Um, I mean, this is – now, this is not Victor Olsen from the Sabres. This is Frederick no. from Dallas. So right. I'm not sure how much value he has. He was basically a minor leaguer for most of the year last year. But – I did. I did a column for another website on buyout candidates, Kev, and there are a number of number of of players on the obviously on every team that I could see the team going down that down that road now. There are certain players, like uh, for for Detroit, for example, I I had Philip Zadina as a potential buyout candidate because he didn't have a good year last year, and since he's under the age of 25, the buyout would be one third, and the cap hit would be minuscule. Uh, it's just a question of whether uh, Iserman could th- thinks that somebody out there would give him a you know second round pick for a guy who was a sixth overall pick in the league, and do that rather than incurring a small uh, hit on the, on the cap to buy him out so i mean
3: i don't know let me let me just float this out there um you know sometimes it's a matter of perspective like zadina has in terms of being a, a first round pick a top six pick has been a bust I, there's no arguing that right. but you know that's over to Iserman. And now he's got a player who's locked in three years making $1.8 million, who plays on the third or fourth line, who scores 10 goals, and maybe we get 14 or 15. Do you think he looks at as a bad situation or a good situation? No, a good situation. I think he sees it as a good situation, yeah. So I don't know that they they would uh, do it. Now, that's not how the fan base sees it because they have right. gotten over it. But we you know what it reminds me of? it was like Niedermeyer with, 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 um, the Florida Panthers, yeah. he was drafted. People thought he was going to be a score. He wasn't any good. And he was such a disappointment until he got out West where they saw him as a defensive forward. Right. And he was beloved. Yeah. yeah. So, so I think if if you start to see Dadina as like, he's not that guy, you know, we made a mistake and, but, you know, can he be a secondary scorer? Can he do that? I don't know if the fans are gonna be able to do that. Um, but you know, that contract is pretty good considering you know what the league average salary is. I mean, he's below average salary, he's just he's you know, you're you're looking at players for a million dollars for your roster, well, he's like one eight, I think. Yeah, right? yeah. So I mean it's a little bit more than you'd you'd want, but I don't know. I mean I think they'll keep him, but you know, maybe Iserman, you know, and I know Iserman has always appreciated Zadina's work ethic, but we'll see. Yeah. yeah,
2: we did we did a show on Lockdown Flyers. We had about four candidates. Mm-hmm. Um, the two two most popular would be Tony D'Angelo and Kevin Hayes. Um, and D'Ang- I can see them both getting bought out if they can't come up with deals before the draft.
1: Yeah, D'Angelo is the one I chose and because of the term it was only a year of right. five million. So Um, The cap hit, I think, was like 1.6 for two years. Yeah, the
2: thing with Hayes is, is, yeah, but it's not about him not being able to play at all. Of course he could play. But the problem is, if you got Kevin Hayes on the Flyers, who you know is not getting along with the coach, but he's scoring 55, 60 points, but he's not doing what the coach wants to do every shift, it's hard for the coach to tell the young players, you've got to do this on every shift, and they can see that Hayes is not. And
1: and him scoring 55 to 60 points is counterproductive to what they want to do, which is be as as bad as possible this year. Well, I mean,
2: forget that. I mean, I I just think it's counterproductive to how they want players to play because he's not playing that way. And so that's why I think they should buy him out simply because I don't think they've been honest enough about how much the coach really doesn't enjoy him. And Hayes is a good guy. Like, he'll just put up with it and take his money. Like, he'll he'll give you – He'll give you his effort, but he doesn't fit on that team with the way that coach wants to play. It's really obvious.
3: Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, what is he three years left guys?
1: Uh, Hayes. Yes. Yeah, no more. No, th- three years. It's seven plus
2: oh, sorry. I thought it was four. Okay.
3: Yeah, uh, so three years. Ahead. I mean, that's six on the books. That's a hard sell boy.
0: Yeah. That's three a years. Hard
3: sell to Ownership. Oh uh, yeah. So years. I don't know. I mean, that might be, I, I see that as a struggle. I, you know, I could see them for sure. You know, trying to peddle him, and I do think there would be some takers. Uh, if they were Kevin Hayes, and you know, we'll 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 eat uh, two million dollars a but year. That
2: was the talk, Kev, But Columbus was that team, and Columbus went in a different direction, and now there doesn't seem to be a team.
3: Yeah, well, I think there is. I think there is a team. So okay, so. Um, but no. yeah, we'll see how much they're willing to eat. So in right.
1: Term- in terms of the in terms of like the way and this is the way we'll you know read it as the, we see the buyouts come in there are certain teams like okay with buffalo they don't have many bad contracts one bad contract that they do have in my estimation is Eric Comrie who they signed last year to a two year deal um he's only making a million eight like Zadina and if you bought him out um you know the cap hit would be minuscule, but they don't have a goaltender signed for their American Hockey League team. So if they put him on waivers and he goes down to Rochester, they bury almost the same amount as of what they would save if they if they waived, if they uh if they bought him out. So they'll probably keep him. A guy like, and this is one I came up with Russ, and I think I talked to somebody in Ottawa and they think it's possible very possible is Matthew Joseph, who they got in the Nick Paul deal. Yep. And immediately signed him to a four-year deal at almost just under three million bucks, and he scored three goals last year.
2: Yeah, that was a bad signing. Like I get it; you thought that he had a high ceiling, and the ceiling hasn't shown. But to give him four years was unfounded. Um, I could see that one happening. And look, with the Rangers, it could be Barkley Goudreau. Even though Barkley Goudreau can play, we all knew he was overpaid. I mean that that was obvious. But if they're going to be that desperate for cap space, he's going to end up getting you know getting bought out and going right back to tampa
1: yeah and the weird thing about his buyout i because I, I looked at cap friendly about it they get a credit in years two or three it's not like it's it's like like minus two hundred thousand dollars or something like that so right really friendly to the rangers in terms of a
2: buyout for him but it's over six they actually could use them as a player still yeah but again this is the second time now that the Rangers are sort of in this situation where they had to do that with Buchnevich. They just traded him for basically nothing, you know, for Sammy, uh, whatever. Um, and he's, and and he's in St. Louis now too, but they just dumped him because they knew they couldn't afford him. And now with Goudreau, it's like, they can't afford him, And probably nobody will take his term in a trade. So everybody's going to wait till they buy him out and then he's going to be a hot commodity.
1: Yeah, Sammy Blay. Um Sammy
2: Blay, thank
1: you. Yeah, there but there are no brainers out there. I think Mike Riley in Boston's gonna get bought out. I think Matt Murray, because it's so the, yeah. the buyout is so friendly for Toronto that, that that you know unless unless they can find somebody to take the contract on, which I don't think that you know that they'll buy him out. Um uh Chris Dredger in Seattle. So there are, I mean, I think you're gonna see these sort of filter out over the next couple days so it'll be interesting they don't
2: have to do them right away they have until the 30th so
1: right exactly now kev what is interesting is um the the names are starting to filter out about potential trades and eric carlson's name obviously is is front and center he's probably going to win the norris and apparently him and the sharks are on the same page about, you know, working towards making a, making a deal. It didn't get done uh, at the deadline because it was too complicated, but now with the expanding cap with the summer, I think it's going to get done. It's just a question of where he's going to go.
3: Yeah. Well, a lot of people think it still, isn't going to get done. Although everyone I think thinks they're going to work at trying to get it done. But you know, the problem is, the sharks still don't want to go down as low as um, uh, teams want them to in order to make it uh, attractive. Uh, you know, they would love to get him down in the you know six million dollar range, and the sharks are just not willing to do that. Um, and then it
1: doesn't benefit them. I mean, the whole point of the trading them is to is to get rid of the well
3: um, I mean, two first round picks would benefit them. That would yeah, benefit Yeah, yeah, that's what they want. Now, I'm not sure that we're going to see that happening, but, um, you know, certainly they'll get one first-round pick and, you know, a good prospect. Uh, Yeah. um, But we'll see. I mean, you know, as uh, one of the GMs said to me today, the problem you have is what you always have. The teams that really want them are the contenders who don't have the cap space in order to do it. And the teams that can do it, and some of them might even want to do it, Eric Carlson's not going to want to play with them, you know, right, right. you know, so it's going to be hard, but that that darn cap, if it wasn't there, yeah, but they're, but, but both sides are motivated. So we'll see. Yeah.
1: Yeah, And, and it's impossible to filter that deal through a third team because it's four years. If it was a year or two, they would be able to, but four years, not even Arizona is willing to take that on. So, Yeah. So, I mean, that, you know, I mean, I think, let's just say this. I think the odds of a deal with Carlson are better now than they were before the deadline, but Kevin's right. It's yeah. still going to be a, a a bag of, you know, what? Yeah.
3: No, and you're, and you're absolutely right too. They are better because I think the difference now is we have the off season. It's a little easier to manipulate cast or our cap space, but, you know, we'll see what uh, people can work out, but, you know, it will require, um, I did hear today that uh, Pasha Reddy—they're um, going to kind of wait and see where he's at in terms of his rebad. So makes we, sense. We may not see that. Um, I'm I'm guessing he's going to end up with uh, uh, something yeah. in the order of uh, you know bonuses and that kind of thing. You know, so.
1: Right. And and I mean, it sounds like it sounds like it's going to be sort of that type of deal with Patrick Kane too
3: yes and um, it's you know. going to be with the rangers that which will really irritate russ
1: <laughs> he just rolled <laughs> no comment. the comment
3: the guy who told me that you can count on it being the rangers agreed with russ said you know he doesn't fit hey. with the rangers. so and he's yeah. a very knowledgeable cool guy so okay so.
1: now um
3: he's
2: a smart guy <laughs> Yep.
3: Yeah.
1: A couple interesting names have popped up over the last 24 to 48 hours in terms of now this, this is, we're all in the, all these teams are in the same situation with players who have a year left on their contracts. If they can't get them signed for what they want to get them signed for like the, the gang in Winnipeg, or they don't want to resign there, then they're going to be on the market. Um, the name that popped up, uh, that Pierre LeBron reported about Kev was Brett Pesci, which took me a little bit by surprise because I just associated have associated him so long with Carolina, but he's been on a really friendly deal for I think the last five years a little over four. And you know, he's good, I think he's 28 years old. He's sees the opportunity out there to make money like Severson just made in Columbus. He probably on the open market will get over six. And Obviously, Carolina wants to get him extended before he gets a chance to get to the open market, and if he doesn't want to agree to that, then they're going to trade him. So it's it's sort of a staring contest right now.
3: Yeah, it is, and everything you just laid out is really the the, the crux of it all. Um, you know, uh, the Carolina Hurricanes have tried to resign him. Uh, you know, um, and they would they want him back. They're offering him five years, is what I've been hearing. Um, he changed agents. I don't know who he's with now, but he did change agents. Uh, and, I,
1: think, I think he's with Judd Moldaver or Wasserman now.
3: Yeah, okay. And, you know, they felt, as just as Mike said, that it's, it's time for a home run. The only uh, issue for him, because I, I, I talked to another general manager who is interested in him, and uh, he said uh, the only thing he doesn't like is uh, there's questions about whether or not he's capable of playing even more minutes because they looked at him, and he's at the 20-minute range, and mm-hmm. he said we we would need him to play 22 or 23, you know, so can he do that? Now, I mean, that's a small thing. Uh, at least it is in my opinion. He didn't see it as so small, but uh, just because of what they're asking for.
1: Well, I mean, what that is basically saying is they they want him to be a top-pairing guy. Yeah. And he's, and he's playing second-pairing minutes Correct. behind Slavin and, and, and Brent Burns. So yeah. The only
2: problem with Carolina is they've got a couple of young prospects that are years away and not much else as far as what they could fill yeah. in on defense anymore.
3: Yeah, no, they, they, they are trying to sign him, and it's not like they made him a week off, or I've heard that it was over five. Okay. Um, so, you know, five years of over five. and But I think, you know, he, as Mike said, he probably wants over six yeah um and
1: over six and he probably wants an eight-year max deal so you know break while yeah not.
3: i i know for a fact too that uh you know offers are starting to be to come in because everyone knows the carolina thing and you know teams will pay for a right shot demon oh no
2: they'll pay for him
3: yeah so it'll, it'll be a first round pick for sure
1: yeah oh no and then the, and the the team that that pierre mentioned specifically regarding uh, regarding Pesci was Buffalo. And Buffalo is loaded with first round pick prospects. They have all their draft picks. Um, he would be a perfect fit on the right side with Owen Power, which is what I sure. think you know, yeah. if they, they're right now they're, you know, their top pairing is daleen and Samuelson. Um, and now the thing is, I don't think Buffalo would be upset. I mean, ideally you want to get Pesci locked up long term if you're trading a first round pick okay. and something for him. I don't think Buffalo would be totally upset just to ride out the year with them because they're committing long-term money on power and Darlene, and I don't know how willing they're going to be to p- commit long-term money on a 28, 29-year-old defenseman. So Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Now, uh, with sticking with Buffalo for a second, uh, Victor Olsen, not the Olson that was just traded, right. uh, he's apparently attracting interest according to Darren Drager. Um, th- this is the thing, Russ he is looked upon as sort of a one note, Charlie, he's an he's a specialist. He's a power play play
2: specialist. Yeah,
1: he's not particularly good defensively. So that would probably mitigate what Buffalo could get for him on the market. But the thing is, goals are always valuable.
2: Yeah, I think you can get if, if there's a team that is a playoff caliber team that thinks their power play stinks, you can get a second rounder for them. But, but that's, if you can find that team, that's, I don't know who that team is right off the bat, you know? So.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh, Good show guys. Um, We'll end it there. We'll be back on Monday with another edition of the hockey Buzzcast for Kevin Allen, for Russ Cohen. I'm Michael Agello. Thanks for watching and remember without the buzz, it's just hockey.